Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. As we have been watching on the news for the last few days now, the uh, investigation continues and the grieving continues. In the light of the uh, Monday deadly van attack, of course, on Young Street in Toronto. Joining us to talk about this is Marianne Demain, who is a reporter with Global News in Toronto. Marianne, it's uh, so good to have you on the program. Thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. Good morning. You know, I was struck as I was watching you report the other day on Global. You're on the morning show with Jeff and and Carolyn. And uh, as you were talking to some of the people that were actually there as this was happening on Monday, it, it struck me that I don't think any of them could get through what they wanted to talk to you about it without tearing up and choking up and starting to cry. This, uh, of course, is a very emotional time. and It's, it's going to take a long time for the healing. You're absolutely right. Not only the healing and the processing, but especially getting those images out of their minds. These are people who are walking down the street on what was a beautiful day, the first warm day we had had here in the city this spring, so there were more people out and about. And then this happened, horrific images, and then strangers running to the help of people they had never even met before in grave condition. And so the first day that we were here, a day after the attack, people were here looking like they had not slept at all since the day before because they said when they close their eyes, they just cannot shake those horrific images out of their minds. So at this memorial where I am here at Young and Finch, this is the site where the attack first began. That is what people are writing down on the notes here and on the posters not only thinking about the victims and their families, but also the first responders and the people who were here helping those who were injured. Of course, uh, people have been gathering here, uh, a steady stream really that has not stopped. There was a memorial here last night. Hundreds of people attended despite the rain. And then it continues today. One of the signs here says, we stayed with you, you were cared for, you were surrounded by love. That may likely have been and, uh, left there by someone who was with somebody waiting for first responders to arrive. There's just so many stories like that here, Bill, that um, is, uh, they're just really heartbreaking. And you can see that with those coming by here, just ranging from quietly wiping away tears to full-on sobbing on their knees. Marianne, are you surprised by the size of the crowd? I, 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 you, you know, because there was a police investigation, of course, but it just seemed that from that moment on, uh, people just had this this need, I guess, this internal need that they had to be there, and and I'm 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 very very surprised by the numbers that are there day and night. You're absolutely right, and they're even uh, growing now that we're hearing more about who the victims were. A lot of them were workers in this area, and I think that is why so many people are really impacted by this. Not only because it is such a huge tragedy that we've not seen not only in this city but this province before but the fact that it could have easily been one of the people here who are paying respects at the memorial it was a beautiful day this is a busy area of the city so many people were out on their lunch break so many people have come by here telling me exactly that it could have been them it could have been their family members or their co-workers in fact just a few moments ago we had a, a woman that we were talking to with her young son and she was saying the same thing i walk here all the time with my son and her little boy who looked about five years old was holding a picture that he had drawn. It was a rainbow with penguins dancing around under the rainbow. And he said he wanted to leave it here because he had hoped it would make the victims laugh. So just really the way the community is coming together here and impacting not only, you know, the older generation, but also the young people who may not fully understand the magnitude of this tragedy, but just know that they want to be here too. There's something else that, that's going on here. As I watched some of the interviews, as you were on site and, and Farah and of course Donna Friesen were both there yesterday and did uh, the 530 News and of course Global National from the, the site. Uh, and as you talk to some of the people, some of the, the p- private citizens that are just showing up, I got the sense, and I wanted to get your read on this, is there's almost a sense of survivor guilt from some people, as if, you know, that could have been me, that should have been me. Why was it them instead of me? 
there's there's a lot of yeah there's a it's, it's really fascinating to to see how people are trying to wrestle with their consciousness I guess and especially amongst those who were here yeah. and witnessed it all happening we spoke with one man yesterday who saw the beginning of the attack he saw the white van jump the curb and start plowing intentionally into people who were just walking down the street. He said that he tried to chase the van. He was yelling outside his window, honking the horn, trying to let the pedestrians know that something is coming. Of course, at this point, they didn't know whether it was an impaired driver or somebody who was doing this as a deliberate act. But he is recounting what was happening there, thinking, did I do enough? He chased the van for several blocks before the van turned. But then to hear just how deadly it was when it was all said and done, 10 people killed, 14 injured, people still fighting for their lives in hospital. That is what a lot of people are wondering. You know, could there have been something they could have done more to help those people or maybe prevent as many people from being struck? There was one individual I know that Farah Nasser was talking to yesterday afternoon, Marianne, uh, that uh, was at the London uh, situation, of course, on the on Westminster Bridge in London about a year and a half or so ago, uh, and, and was in that very same situation. He was not at the bridge, but he was in the town, I guess, right in the downtown area. And, and again, was there uh, in Toronto uh, as, as this was happening. Uh, just a bizarre circumstance. And, and again, somebody who shouldn't really talk very well without choking up and crying. It, it, this, is, this is taking an emotional toll on the whole city. It really is. There were even people here from outside of the city. They came in from Peterborough because they just felt this need to come here to this memorial and pay their respects. Sadly, to your point, though, this is something that people are experiencing, not in just one country, one city, but it is becoming... Uh, something we hear more and more about. And when we first heard about this van attack, I think a lot of people were thinking the same thing. Oh, no, it's finally come here to the city. Of course, the motive of this attack still isn't known. Police haven't commented on that. So there is a picture that's emerging about this suspect uh, who may have been posting some cryptic message uh, on social media just before the attack began, might have been part of a group that shares, some, uh, in some cases, uh, violent and misogynistic ideas. That's all part of the investigation. Of course, police have not confirmed any of that or, or commented again on a possible motive. But, um, you know, that at the time that this was happening, people were very uh, weary to use any words like terror. Um, and luckily, that was not used when it was all said and done. But, of course, that doesn't change how deadly this incident was and how devastating it is. Marianne, are, are police talking at all about the investigation to this point? Uh, there was some insight given into um, what happened the day of the attack. They did say that the van uh, that the suspect allegedly rented was uh, rented outside of the city, just north of the city, and that there was that cryptic message posted onto social media in the moments just before the attack. Um, when you look at that message, it's kind of hard to decipher, but there was reference to an American mass murderer who killed several people in California a few years ago. The motivation behind that attack was a hatred towards women. We know of the 10 people killed in this attack on Young Street on Monday, majority of the victims were also women. So a little bit of a picture is uh, starting to emerge here, though police have not confirmed anything as far as the motive. Um, they did say that, that uh, from the time of the first 911 call, it took seven minutes for them to apprehend the suspect. We know he had his first court appearance yesterday. He'll appear again next month. His father was also there, of course, media eager to hear from him, but he did not answer any questions or give any insight into his reaction to the fact that his son is now charged in such a serious case. You raised an interesting point that I, I think was not lost on an awful lot of people. I mean, this is a terrible, tragic event, obviously. Uh, but the fact that the majority of women, of, of the victims, uh, seem to be female, uh, is, is it makes it even more troubling to wonder if he was actually targeting them as he was racing down the sidewalk. And those who witnessed the attack were saying that it looked very deliberate. 
the van would go onto the sidewalk, go back onto the street, hit someone on the street, veer back onto the sidewalk. This is when not this was not a driver who was swerving around recklessly. It was, according to witnesses, very controlled and deliberate. Police also said that even though they don't know the motive, that this was a very intentional act. Uh, one thing that has a lot of people wondering, you know. Could this have been prevented? But we know that the suspect was not on the police radar at all before this happened. Um, to your point, though, and the fact that the majority of the 10 people who were killed were women, you just have to look at the social media posts. We're also hearing mm-hmm. about um, a group of people called incels, a term most of us have not heard before. That stands for involuntary celibate. Um, and it's been reported that uh, the suspect may have allegedly been part of this group. But again, uh, not, no confirmation or comment on that at all from Toronto Police. You mentioned about uh, the victims, and I know that we're getting a little bit more information about uh, the names of some of those victims. But uh, the coroner, I know, spoke yesterday, Marianne, and, and was, was quite deliberate in, in a statement suggesting this is going to take some time uh, to make sure there's a positive identification. I guess, obviously, the, the misidentification in the Humboldt tragedy a couple of weeks ago is, is a factor in this. Yeah, the coroner's office did say this is not something they want to rush. They want to make sure they do this properly. We know the victims, who uh, some pronounced dead at the scene, the rest were taken to hospitals, did have identification on them. In that case, their families were notified. But relying simply on a visual confirmation from family members is not what they're just going on. They want to make sure they do DNA tests, look at medical records as well, so they can be absolutely sure that who they're identifying is really who this person is. We did get some names, but those were confirmed by the family members themselves. Uh, three people so far from Toronto, including uh, the worker who worked nearby the investment uh, firm I mentioned, as well as a, at a restaurant, another woman who was just walking around, 80 years old. Two other people from South Korea, one from Jordan. The rest of the names will likely come out as the days go on, and when that happens, you can imagine that this memorial will grow even bigger. What about any updates on uh, those who survived? Uh, I, I know the last night uh, on, on Global News, you guys reported that uh, I think three of them, uh, if I had mentioned, are still in critical condition, some in serious condition, uh, and there's the, obviously the concern about, about their, ta- their safety and, and what the prognosis is going to be for them. Yeah, you're right. And and we also know that to that point, there could be an additional charge of attempted murder added to the already 13 that the suspect now faces, uh, which would also say uh, something about the injuries that people are recovering from in hospital. You're right. People are remaining in critical condition. The hope is that they will recover and pull through and that the number uh, does not increase beyond 10. But beyond that, uh, the confidentiality of the victims, of course, is top of mind. The at the court hearing yesterday, the suspect was told he cannot contact any of his victims. And so that is all really we're hearing about those who remain in hospital with their injuries recovering. Marianne, this is going to be a very busy day in Toronto. I know Young Street's reopened again, but notwithstanding the fact there are still many, many people, of course, at the memorial. But uh, there's going to be a big crowd of people down at Maple Leaf Square tonight. And there's always a concern, and I know you've talked about this in some of your reporting, uh, about gathering in crowds and, and about a repeat or copycats or something of this. So has the city and have Toronto Police t- talked to you at all about uh, any precautions they may be taking for that gathering tonight? Well, even with the start of the season of the Jays and also with the Leaf games at the ACC and the Jays games at the Rogers Centre, there were some concrete barricades that were already put in place before this attack happened on Monday. And that was also to make sure that it would be harder for any large vehicles to get into areas where there'd be a lot of pedestrians. Uh, the same can be said around the ACC where, you know, depending on what game you're watching, it's the Jurassic Park or Maple Leaf Square. Those measures have been in place before. They've stepped up police presence. They also make changes to 
uh, traffic rules around them where traffic can't get through um, the main roads in and around those venues during the game. So those were already in place, but now it is even more stepped up now after what this, uh, what, excuse me, what happened here, uh, with more people even more aware of just any passing vehicle and what could possibly happen. The mood of the of the crowd that is gathered there and, and continues to be there, and I know that uh, there are some politicians, elected officials, etc., that that have popped by. Uh, to pay their respects, but uh, there's there's all it seems a, a somber tone, almost a a, a, a quiet uh, that that's there. I don't see people talking. I see them, there's a lot of uh, inward thinking, I guess, and and just uh, I, I guess you know people within themselves, to just I guess with their own thoughts. It's it's incredible to actually watch as as people put wreaths down, uh, flowers down, or or the number of posters, which I guess must be in the hundreds by now. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Posters, post-it notes, little signs, pictures. People still, even with this rain coming down here in the city this morning, are, are still trying to light candles and put them down. It is a very somber place here. It's almost like you're in church. People are here thinking, uh, some people are praying, and as I mentioned, some people are crying as they just read some of the notes here or leave their own. Uh, really, uh, when you look at it and read some of the notes, it is pretty heartbreaking to know that this has happened here in the city. This is often something we see on news feeds from other cities, other yeah. countries, and now we're seeing it here in our very own. Well, Donna Friesen mentioned that last night, didn't she, on Global National, that she's used to reporting this stuff, but it's usually in some place like Beirut or in, in, uh, in Libya and, uh, and not in downtown Toronto. It's a, it's a reality that I guess that we just have to accept and, and say is here now. Uh, thank you so much for this. It's, it's a very difficult time for all of us, and especially for the folks in Toronto there. Hashtag Toronto Strong uh, is, is obviously still trending, and uh, the, the, the mood and the, I think the support uh, that's coming in not just from uh, Canada but from around the world is, is is really overwhelming, isn't it? It absolutely is. And to see even the international media here reporting on this, I know for even people coming by here, um, not only shocking to see that it's happened here in the city, but also means a lot to them to get this event out and let people know how much it's impacted the city, but the uh, the motivation to really bounce back from this as well. Marianne, thanks as always. So good talking with you once again, and uh, we'll stay in touch. You're very welcome. Take care. Marianne DeMaine, of course, uh, Global News Toronto reporter on the scene at the memorial. Uh, I've heard from people that from out of town, from Hamilton area, that, that, that wanted to go there just to, to show their their respect and, and pay their respects and uh, and and share, I guess, in, in the bonding that's going on down there now. It's quite a scene, actually. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.